you're a Delta SkyMiles Platinum Business American Express card member, you'll know a thing or two about an expertly packed capsule wardrobe that balances business and leisure. So you can go from conference sleek to cocktail party chic with a few new accessories. You can hustle from 9 to 5 before exploring with ease from 5 to 9. Because you're the chief excursion officer. The Delta SkyMiles Platinum Business American Express card. If you travel, you know. Learn more at go.amex slash you know business. Whether you're a pistachio purist who loves the experience of cracking them open or you love the convenience of no-shell pistachios like myself, Wonderful Pistachios is the perfect healthy snack for when hunger strikes. And there are a bunch of tasty flavors to choose from too, like honey roasted, smoky barbecue, jalapeno lime, and more. Wonderful Pistachios is one of the highest protein nuts. Each one ounce serving has six grams of protein, giving you over 10% of your daily value. Visit wonderfulpistachios.com to learn more. This episode is brought to you by Progressive, where drivers who save by switching save nearly $750 on average. Plus, auto customers qualify for an average of seven discounts. Quote now at Progressive.com to see if you could save. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates, national average 12-month savings of $744 by new customers surveyed who saved with Progressive between June 2022 and May 2023. Potential savings will vary. Discounts not available in all states and situations. Hello, hello, everybody. Good morning, good afternoon, wherever in the Actually, it's good morning everywhere in the world if you're in the U.S. I'm Ashley Nicole Moss. This is Paper Route, and I'm holding it down solo dolo in the studio because Brandon Marshall is on the West Coast, which is not the best coast. Brandon, what are you doing out there? It's the best coast when I'm over here. Oh. Uh, little business, Ashley. You know what I'm saying? I got to, you know, Paper Route's my day job, you know, for a few hours, and then I got some other things to do, you know, just like you. I'll be watching you. I know you got a couple gigs. Can I have a couple gigs? <laughs> Can a man have a couple gigs, <laughs> You look nice. What are you wearing? Thank you. You see, I'm just, how I it's just a. You should have did that yesterday with my guns. But let's get back to you real quick. Hold on. You look nice, Ashley. <laughs> Thank you. It's just a. It's just a tank and some cargos. But you know, it's hot here. What's the weather like there in LA? Did you get it off? You trying to deflect? We talking about you right now? Where'd you get off Amazon? <laughs> Where'd you get it? Where'd I get this from? Yeah. This is um, from a store, an Australian company. It's called Opali. It's like an Australian brand for women. Um, okay. So that's where I got this from. Okay, okay. You look nice. Yeah. You look nice. Nothing oh, that you can buy, better. unfortunately. They don't have things in your sizes. Well, I might buy them for somebody else, Ashley. I can still and, buy it. I know, that's right. Okay, <laughs> well, listen. We're going to go ahead and deep. But I, I like <laughs> to spoil mine. I like to spoil mine. Listen, must be nice. Okay, here we go. <laughs> we have a jam-packed show today. We have a special guest joining us at 12, but we're going to dive Ooh, just... Guess. What happened? Big guest, sorry. Big I'm guest, sorry. special I'm guest, excited. big guest, all of that. But we are going to go ahead and dive into the show right away because yesterday... Twitter was set ablaze with the news coming out of the Chicago Bears organization. Now, we're just going to go ahead and briefly touch upon this. I'm going to obviously um, dive deeper into this. Brandon and I will dive deeper into this later on in the show. But in the past 24 hours, all eyes have been on the Chicago Bears, but not for the best of reasons. 
Justin Fields spoke to the media and made a comment about Chicago's coaching and then spoke to the media again and retracted, took it back. And then the biggest story coming out of Chicago and the organization is Alan Williams announces his resignation as the Bears defensive coordinator, allegedly shocking the rest of the team's coaching staff. However, it was speculation surrounding his resignation that had social media in a frenzy. And like I said, I'm going to, with Brandon, deep dive into this and really go ahead and, um, you know, break this up piece by piece. But Brandon, just initial initial response, rather, to what you heard or what you felt, rather, when all this news from beginning of the day to the very end of the day with an organization you know pretty well, the Chicago Bears, came out. Uh, it's a mess, Ashley, and I'm going to, you know, yesterday I was on one, so I'm going to try to be uh, a little bit more together and professional today. I don't know if I'm going to be able to accomplish that, <laughs> but Ashley, I promise you, like, <laughs> week one, I was, I, I went out to Chicago, just went out to Chicago to visit a friend, meet a friend, and then, you know, ended up on the on the field at halftime. They had the alum out there, right? And so I reconnected with a lot of people. I have a lot of amazing friends and connections still within that that organization. The Chicago Bears, I was – and I'm and I'm probably still bitter. I probably need to uh, leave this shit on the mat. You know, I've been doing a lot of yoga and a lot of rewiring. Um, so I'm probably still bitter because I thought I was going to retire Chicago Bears. So if, some of that may be coming out. But anyways, I'm there. And, and then, you know, uh, people got my new number, et cetera, et cetera. So a couple of days ago – they hit me up. It's like, Brandon, what's your new address so we can send you some Chicago Bears stuff? And so when this stuff came out yesterday, Ashley, my first thoughts was, don't send me shit. <laughs> I don't want any Chicago Bears stuff. Like, wow. what is going on there? You know, you got to think about it. I mean, when when we when I was there and, and, and you know, we had Lovey Smith, we won 10 games and they fired them, fired him. We're talking about a great team, a, a, a great coaching staff, super successful year after year after year, the Brian Urlachers of the world, the Lance Briggs of the world, you fire a coach after winning 10 games and you yeah. haven't had one winning season since. So when I saw this, Ashley, just disappointed because the Chicago uh, uh, Bears fans deserve more. Uh, the Chicago uh, uh, just uh, area is phenomenal, amazing people. Um, there's a lot going on, obviously, here, and uh, there's probably a lot more to come. Well, like I said, we are going to deep dive into all of this a little bit later on in the show. Too much to get into to just briefly, you know, brush over it. So we will circle back to the Chicago Bears. But we're going to go ahead and move forward and we're going to talk chicken or the egg or in this case, Belichick or Brady. On a recent episode of the Punchline podcast, Ravens cornerback Marlon Humphrey openly questioned if Patriots head coach Bill Belichick is an elite coach. He said, quote, is Belichick elite or Tom Brady elite? It's looking more like Brady. Now, after losing to the Miami Dolphins on Sunday night, the Patriots fell to 0-2 to start the season. The last time the team had such a start was in the pre-Tom Brady era. So just put that into perspective and watch this clip. Is Belichick elite or is Tom Brady elite? That's the million-dollar question. It's looking more like Brady, but it is what it is. Saban, look, is Saban washed? I don't think he's, I don't want to say he's washed. I don't know what's washed, but something is washed. Wow. I don't know if Belichick was ever daggum dirty. Wow. Did you, get, did you get check that? Did you check that? 
What? Dude, what? If they're washed, they had to have been <laughs> dirty. Oh my gosh. Ah, uh, Saban was filthy though. Let's yeah. be real. Yeah. Filthy. He just might be getting a little... Dynasty is done in Alabama. Whoa, 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 whoa. You said that. Whoa, whoa, you said whoa, that. whoa, 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 whoa. <laughs> You did say that. I said that, but I didn't say that. Okay. Uh, Belichick was never whoa, that whoa, guy. Whoa, 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 Okay, yeah. I, I, I'm saying Tom Brady's that. I, uh, they were together, though. You can't say it was one of the... Yeah, but Tom won one without him. It's kind of like... It's kind of like this. Like, if this year still goes down, it's like, is that three that's been losing seasons? Mm-hmm. Is that right? Three? Mm-hmm. It would be two? Mm-hmm. Be three, I mean, this is the year. And this is the same for Bam. Hey, it's all pendings, but it's looking like some people are getting washed. All right. Well, I feel like this is a conversation that has been had repeatedly since the breakup of Bill Belichick and Tom Brady. Obviously, Tom Brady went on to Tampa Bay, Tampa Bay, and won a Super Bowl. And you kind of felt like maybe that put an end to the conversation. But no, here we are again, especially with the recent struggles of the New England Patriots. A lot of people are looking at Bill Belichick like, hey, maybe Brady made you look a lot better than what you really were. Now, that it's probably crazy because, listen, you can say a lot of things about Bill Belichick. But defensively, he is one hell of a coach. I think his resume also speaks for himself. I think the two of them just happen to be the perfect storm, the perfect tandem. But Brandon, I mean, what do you what do you make of this? It's it's kind of it's kind of a jab at Bill Belichick. I think people forget who Bill yeah. Belichick is. Yeah, it's easy. It's easy uh, to take a shot at Bill Belichick right now because he is right. You know, uh, since Tom Brady's departure a few years ago. Uh, the the Patriots have just been you know uh, uh, you know a gnat for a lot of teams and not a real problem right like just you know Bill Belichick Bill Belichick's teams are always going to be in position they're always going to be prepared but no one's afraid of them anymore um, I've said this over the last two or three years having this discussion because you know we have it a lot it seems like uh, especially amongst uh, uh, football players um, former football players uh, it takes both of them. You know, there's a lot of guys that's on Tom's side, but like, you know, I respect Bill Belichick. To me, he's not only the best football coach ever, he can go down as one of the greatest leaders uh, or coaches ever, right? Like he's that good when you think about his 20-something year run at the level, um, at this level. You know, and it's not just the wins, but it's when to bring in guys and acquire guys, when to let guys go, right? There's a little bit of genius there, and, and there's a lot of people that uh, – frowned at a lot of his um his acquisitions or letting veteran guys go when some thought that they were still in the prime but then they go to the next place and it's like oh snap he saw something that we didn't see so for me you know if it's not for bill belichick's the one to put the offense in right bill belichick's the one that 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 created this defensive philosophy bill belichick's the one that that went into the draft room and said this is this is what we're going to prioritize bill belichick's the one that hired the coaches bill belichick's the one that stands in front of the room every single day against a lot of malpha malpha l uh alpha men excuse me and lead them you know how hard that is to have 90 something guys in the offseason in the locker room in the meeting room and keep them all aligned pushing towards one thing you know how hard that is have 53 guys and then eight uh, practice squad guys in the season and keeping everyone aligned so many distractions come on man i would say this uh to marlon 
if he had Bill Belichick, he probably would have one or two more rings or one ring. I, I don't know if he had one. I don't know if he was on that team. I don't think he was on that team, that super, that last Super Bowl team there. But Bill Belichick is like that. People need to stop disrespecting Bill. Yeah, I think it's an interesting conversation that keeps happening here with this entire Belichick-Brady thing. I think people right. also ignore the drastic differences of teams. You know, the team, the Patriots as a team, look drastically different than they did in those Brady eras. I mean, right. Mac Jones is not Tom Brady. And some people will say, well, you didn't know Tom Brady was going to be Tom Brady when you drafted him. Fair. But you knew he was Tom Brady once you gave him the opportunity to be the starter. You knew what mm -hmm. you had when it was there. Mac Jones has not turned out to be that guy. Additionally, the team is not nearly as talented as it was in many of those Brady eras. So a coach as genius as a coach may be, you can only work with what you have. And right now, Bill Belichick does not have a lot. This team is impressive if they make the playoffs. So I don't really know what the expectation is I, for the Patriots in this post-Tom Brady era. Everybody knew it was going to be a, a time of growing pains. Everybody knew it was not going to be this successful dynasty that it was in that era. It was going through a changing of the guard. It was going through a changing of the tide. And it wasn't going to be an easy transition. Mac Jones is not that guy. He has shown to be not that guy. So I'm not quite sure what Bill Belichick is supposed to do outside of making this team as competitive as possible. But they're not going to be a Super Bowl team, so I'm not really sure what the expectation is here. Well, well, Ashley, you know, look, this highlights how important – well, let me say this. It is on Bill Belichick, right, because he's the one that's in control of the roster. So anything that happens on the roster uh, always, you know – points to to Bill Belichick um, I, I I do disagree with you a little bit here because I don't think that there from a talent standpoint you take Tom Brady out of it from mm -hmm. a talent standpoint that's always been the thing with the Patriots it's like then you look around it's like I mean outside of a handful of guys there's not I mean you had the Randy Mosses of the world. You had some guys. No, they, Tom Brady never, had a lot never, of weapons, Brandon. No, no, I, I'm no. I don't think. What do think, you mean? I don't think, you had Julian Edelman. You had Wes Welker. Have, you had. He had a lot more weapons than you say Mac only, Jones has right now. I don't. I. I. I don't think so. I think uh, losing uh, McCourty was a big blow on the defensive side because that's like having like a Tom Brady, right? A, a quarterback on that side, right? He was there for what 12, 13 years, so that's a big blow. But defensively, they're still playing with the same type of guys. Judon is a monster. They always have just one guy up front that's just a monster, and everybody else plays together. Uh, they always have solid linebackers. And on the offensive side, you know, outside of Randy Randy Moss, there wasn't – they never had like these – they never went after and got these crazy guys, right? They had Welker. They had Julian Edelman. But those were guys – like Julian Edelman was a guy that was a quarterback, and they drafted him as a receiver, and then they put him on the defensive side, and they put him on punt return, and he played some receiver because Welker right. was there. Welker was a guy – he wasn't a 100-catch guy before no, he got there. but they were talented, solid players. They, like you well, don't have that right now in the offense yeah. for Mac Jones, who is struggling to figure out 
who he is as a quarterback. He struggles to throw the ball deep. He struggles when you need to go ahead in, in, in other positions in terms of short plays and things like that that Tom Brady made famous. He also, I can't put all the blame on Mac Jones. He doesn't have nearly as, whether they were superstar talent, whether they were middle-of-the-range talent, I'd be willing to say that Tom Brady, in part, had more, a more talented roster many of the years in New England, and he also made people better. Mac Jones Listen. isn't doing either; doesn't have either of those well, things. He's not making people better, and his roster's not nearly as talented. Well, I don't, I don't want to blame Mac Jones. What I will say this, it, it, Ashley, I, I feel like um, I don't think there's a huge. I don't think that's the problem, and it, and it, and it further highlights how important the quarterback position is. This discussion, right? Because if you have Tom Brady. On this team, they're a 10, 11 uh, win team. Like I'm talking about Tom Brady, not Tom Brady, 45 years old. I'm talking about Tom Brady that we saw for 20 years in, in New England. Different quarterback. Right? Yeah, they this team, because Bill Belichick hasn't changed anything besides the quarterback position, right? So it, it, when, when teams have quarterbacks like uh, Lamar Jackson and they don't want to pay him, that's why I, I, I stand up and say, like, what are you doing? Like, what are the better options? It's hard to find a quarterback that can become an MVP. It's hard to find a quarterback that can consistently get you to the playoffs. So to me, this is this is the debate because you put Tom Brady on this team. This team is a playoff team and they potentially are a contender. That's uh, what mean, he's always done be... his whole entire career. But that would be on the strength of Tom Brady. You're ignoring the fact outside of Wes Welker, outside of uh, Julian Edelman, Danny Amadola, you had Gronk. You had a reliable had tight grown. end, also wide receiver, yep. many of those years that Brady was winning Super Bowls. You don't have an ounce of that for Mac Jones, which just further highlights his inaccuracy, his, his inadequacies, rather, as a quarterback. Yes, if you put Tom Brady in this situation, does this team win more games? Maybe, because Tom Brady is just drastically more talented than Mac Jones. But you have a quarterback who's not Tom Brady, who doesn't have nearly the roster that Tom Brady had for many of his years but in the Patriots, and you're expecting what to happen. Well, so this is why I said let's not blame Mac Jones right now, okay? Last year, you know this dude had to go out there and bring in his own consultants to uh, help him with the offense, and Bill Belichick got mad. Uh, and the reason why he had to do this is because he had Matt Patricia and also what's the uh, uh, judge, whatever his name is, something judge. The head, he was the he was the last head coach of the Giants. They were the co-leads to run offense. He didn't even have an offensive coordinator, Ashley. So we're asking this young developing quarterback that played extremely at an extremely high level in college to actually go out there and put his team in position to win when you got Matt Patricia, who was the defensive coordinator for the Patriots, then got the head coach coaching job in Detroit and got ran out of the Motor City. And then you got uh, uh, Mr. Judge, who was a special teams coach, the head of special teams for the Patriots. And then the New York football giants went and hired him. And then he went there. And after a year and a half, they ran his ass out of the big city. Like, come on. That's why I'm saying, like, just hold on. Slow down just a little bit, right? And it's only week two. Actually, we can we can, we can, can look at this in week six, week seven, if they're not rolling, because this marriage and this relationship between him um, and his offensive coordinator now, um, Billy O'Brien, it seems to be something that uh, they both like and they're 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 embracing. So we'll see Brandon, what happens there. I mean, I hear you, but I'm, I'm – some. 
you know sports is a what have you done for me lately, and I'm mm-hmm. not putting all of the blame for the Patriots' failures on Mac Jones. I'm absolutely not doing that. There's enough blame to go around. But I have not seen what Mac Jones brings in terms of being a franchise quarterback. I don't see franchise quarterback at Mac Jones. I don't even see glimmers of it. Like, it's so mm-hmm. far and in between that I don't – you can go – I'm almost at the, the belief that at this point, even if you gave him – the pieces that he needed to be successful, I don't even know if that would make a difference. I just don't think he's that guy. I don't think he's a franchise quarterback. I could be wrong, but I haven't seen franchise quarterback on anything that he does since he's been drafted. So the, the last thing I would say here is this. It's Justin Fields, right, situation. And I know we're going to talk about Justin Fields mm-hmm. later, so I'm not going to you know dive into this a lot. But I'm, I'm on Justin Fields' side, right? Like – now, could he, have, could he have handled himself a little differently? Possibly. But when you don't have the right coaches around you, that's a problem. There's a lot of uh, pro bowlers, all pros, Hall of Famers that we haven't seen because they went in the wrong situation, right? There's a lot of players that just they're able and they're capable of overcoming it. So that, you know, Mac Jones, Justin Fields, some of these guys can – are there some things that they can control? Absolutely. But overcoming – a system or arrogant head coach or offensive coordinator, defensive coordinator is a huge, huge, huge challenge. All right. Well, we'll go ahead and keep our eyes on the Patriots. I'm sure it won't be the last time we talk about them this season, but in the conversation of the Patriots and their former legacy hall of famer quarterback, Tom Brady, he ain't playing games with Shador Sanders and he is not impressed because after (laughs) finding out that Shador Sanders had a Rolls Royce, Seven-time Super Bowl champion Tom Brady had some hilariously harsh words of advice for the young QB via his Let's Go podcast. Listen to this. Question before I go, Tom, do you think a college kid needs a phantom like a Rolls Royce? Nah, hey, no, it's not a phantom. It's a Rolls Royce cousin. cousin. I think he needs to get his ass in the film room and spend as much time in there as possible. Thank you, Tom. Less time in the car and more time in the film room. Thank you, Tom. I appreciate that. I seen you had one too, Tom. Don't think I I seen you. I was just a rental. Hey, I had a few bucks in my pocket at that point. I'll see some car stories when we're together next time. Brandon. Tom Brady is funny. Tom Brady is a funny. Tom Brady is funny. He's he's a very he's like a Michael Jordan level kind of funny. Like it's dry humor. It's like I'm the goat humor. It also reminds me a lot of the late great Kobe Bryant sense of humor. It's just like get your ass in the film room. I don't care what kind of car you're driving. Um, Obviously, all in jest with a with you know underlining of truth there. I mean, this is funny. This is funny to see, especially because Shador and Brady go back. Um, you know, that's that picture that has been circulating around, you know, the Internet, social media of a young Shador, you know, training with Tom Brady. Obviously, Shador said in the Colorado state he went into Brady mode. So there's a there's a camaraderie there. But I mean, this is funny advice, yeah. right? Right. So what, what we're seeing, what we're seeing right here is the just the locker room, right? Like this is the type of banter and the type of conversations that, you know, you know, if you were able to walk in the locker room or in the cafeteria and it's just the players, no media around, this is what you see. So now podcasts are booming and, you know, there's, you know, other ways to get this type of stuff out there. And, and, and we're, we're able to sit back and watch, right? Dion, Shador, Tom, talk about these things. Um, yeah, this is this just reminds me of just like, a, you know, a vet talking to a rookie. That's it. And, and obviously we know about their relationship. 
But uh, when we had Shador on the show, Ashley, Prime called me right after, FaceTimed me, and he was just like, thank you, man. And he started talking about just, you know, the, the, the challenges uh, as a father, as a leader, you know, when it comes to aging or, or you know, you know, his boys getting older, right? It takes a village, right? And so I know he's really thankful for Tom Brady, but he was thankful that we had the conversation and we challenged him and we pushed him on some things. Because one of the things that Prime brought up was like, you know, Neil's here. They got money. He's making a lot of money. So they're having conversations, you know, on a weekly basis, like, yo, can I go get a Lamborghini? And he's like, well, why would you want to drive a Lamborghini? You you don't even don't even do that. Let's just go buy Mercedes Benz. Don't go pull up on, to campus. We don't even need a target on your back with it in a Lamborghini. You know, obviously now this is news to me. Now he has a Rolls Royce. But, you know, those are the things that Prime is talking about every single day. And so, uh, you know, we, we had this conversation. He was, uh, you know, uh, pro pro projecting, you know, a million dollars in nil money. That double or triple after the first week. So he's going to make three, four million dollars this year. And so I'm sure there's going to be more big boy toys coming his way. I wish I had a Rolls Royce in college. I had a That's wild. I had a Hyundai. Ashley. Ashley. What? You know there's some dudes in the league. There's seventy percent of the dudes in the league can't afford a damn Rolls Royce. I know. That and that's one. a Rolls Royce. That's a, that's what was it? Was it called a cool a coolian? Is that how do you say it? Calligan or I don't know I I, I, <laughs> I had one and I don't even know what it, how to say it but uh I mean like I had the Rafe not that one that's a big boy call it call, I don't know but it's like three hundred thousand dollars I don't know but I drove a Hyundai Accent and then I upgraded to a Hyundai Elantra it was a two door a Cullen oh it's a Rolls Royce oh Cullinan it's a Rolls Cullinan. Royce Cullinan go. um Cullinan. yeah see I can't even pronounce it. I had a Hyundai and then I had a Hyundai Elantra and it wasn't until I was like 25 that I got my first foreign car and it was an Audi. I had an A3, but I was driving Hyundais all through high school and, and that was, college. That's balling. Nice. What you talking about? You acting like that ain't like you that ain't nice in high school and college. You driving that? Come on. Well, no, high school. You I take balling. it back. High school. I didn't get my first car until after I graduated. So I got that car for college. It was a four door That's... Hyundai Accent. It was a black car. It had like beige interior. It was cloth. And then when I graduated college, I got a Hyundai two door. I thought I was the coolest chick in the world because it was a coupe. It was the only coupe on the lot. It was all white. And then when I turned that car in, I had enough money saved from like working and stuff that I was able to get an Audi. And now I have my my baby Benz. Is but your, I, I worked my pops, way up. Is your pops in the in the chat right now? Um, he might be. I don't know why. <laughs> <laughs> don't get mad at me. <laughs> but all right. So this car that you had in college, Ashley. Yeah. Was there ever any gentleman driving around campus in your car? Because when I was in school. No. My little chicks, I was like, yo, let me get the keys to the whip. <laughs> True story. My parents didn't even let me take my car to college. Oh, that was good. Then they didn't let me take it. I, it wasn't even on campus. So, like, I would only it. have it when I would come home for the weekends. Like, I would, they did not allow me to have the car on campus. Oh, that so, was smart. I like that. Yeah. There's a lot to learn. We need to have your mom and dad here uh, on the show one, 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 one day and have them talk about parenting. For them to mm -hmm. raise your ass, you know, because you was know. A, I was a really good kid. Yeah, you was a good kid, but even the story yesterday is like, uh, not 
you know, not surprised <laughs> telling the teacher. Oh, about being bossy? Yeah, bossy. Telling yeah, the I teacher. Mean, that, I, w- I used to talk back. I was bossy. But I wasn't, like, I didn't get into, like, serious trouble. Like, I wasn't sneaking out of the house and things like that. Like, I was very, like, my Like, I was a good kid. I, I, um, I, I see that. I see yeah. that. You're, well, listen, you're low speaking... key, and you know, hopefully I don't uh, um, offend anyone, but you're low key a nerd. People don't know that. Like, you're, yes, I'm a nerd. yes. You yeah, you watch Star Wars and you study the Earth, the rotation of the. Okay, first of all, Earth. a lot of people watch Star Wars. Star Wars is a very popular Nobody... franchise. Um, Marvel movies are cool. Ashley, I'm not a Star Trek girl. That's my dad. He's a Trekkie. I like Star Wars. I, I feel like I'm I feel like I'm a good mix of things. Like we can go to we can nerd out over a comic book movie. We can watch sports. We can go on fancy vacations. I give you a little bit of everything. I'm like a I'm like a melting pot, you know? That's that's how you need to be. A little bit of everything. Um right. moving on. Talking about Tom Brady's former home, Tampa Bay, which is booming in the real estate market if you are into real mm. estate. Tampa Bay is the next big real estate boom. It's already going ahead and and, and in that mix. But we could add that the Tampa Bay Rays are getting new digs because they have officially announced a $1.3 billion ballpark deal in St. Petersburg. Now, the new ballpark is part of a $6.5 billion development project. It is set to be complete by opening day 2028 and i think we have some photos of what it's supposed to look like um there we go look at that that is gorgeous so basically it's going to be the ballpark and surrounding it's going to be like condominiums and and shopping plazas look at this it's going to be all rayed out but it's going to be you know condos you can live in and and shopping plazas kind of like how the design district and how they're trying to build out um the area where the inter Miami is going to go ahead and play. It's going to be the tame type of vibe. This is sick, Brandon. This is gorgeous. Listen, this is beautiful. It's cool. We have a facility in Tampa. And so I'm there um, every, every, every blue moon. And there's some cool things happening in Tampa. Remember Ashley, like when the pandemic hit, everybody moved down to Florida. Right. And so Tampa was one of those areas. This is why it's a booming market. Tampa was one of those areas where a lot of people uh, uh, migrated to. And so there's a lot of new money flowing through Tampa. There, it's, it's a little younger. Tampa, to me, was never a cool city. It's like Orlando. It's like retirement city. But if you go to Tampa now, and there's some cool things happening. Well, Tampa Bay, so I feel like, is the young one. Say it again. So, like, I tell people all the time, like, Tampa is still kind of like, eh, Tampa Bay is like Miami. Tampa Bay? Yeah, what? Tampa Bay, the area of Tampa Bay, where like the stadiums are, that's super young, that's booming. All the like communities mm. right outside of Tampa Bay, but Tampa as a whole, if you start going far out in Tampa and stuff, it's still kind of old. Like, let me ask you this question, Ashley: When's the last time you and your girlfriend said, "Girls, girl, let's go to Tampa this weekend"? You mean Tampa Bay? Tampa Bay, whatever. Tampa, Tampa Bay. I actually Bay. have a good friend of mine who goes to Tampa Bay often. Asked... She was looking to buy a house out there because of how young and, and just booming it is out there. You're not answering the question. I, said, I haven't. Me time? personally, I think I've been to Tampa once. Okay, so but you over here talking about, oh, Tampa Bay is like No, Miami. because I read about my, my, my dad's really big into real estate. And one thing that, like, reading about it, because the Miami market is getting more and more expensive, like the more it grows, the more expensive it is. A lot of people can't afford to live here. 
are moving out to the Tampa Bay area specifically because of how similar it is in youth and boomingness of Miami, but the prices haven't really hit that peak yet. So it's that particular area that's really just like blowing up. Okay, that's that's a that's a different conversation. I'm with you when yeah. you're right. You're talking about great investment, different. Okay, we talking about partying, having a good time. Mm. Ain't nobody going to Tampa, Ashley. You you definitely ain't going to Tampa. You didn't party in Tampa? Don't they have clubs and that stuff out oh, there? Ebor City. <laughs> um, I, I mean, we I drove through there once or twice when I first got in the league. Um, and then there was also like Purple Martini was popping in uh, back in the day. I don't, you know, when I uh, it's back in the day. This when you was in you Pampers, little. You know what I'm saying? You was in Pampers. <laughs> <laughs> but no, nah, me, Chris Johnson, Mister Two uh, K, Mike Sims Walker, because we, you know, we were right in the O, so that was only a hop and a skip. So you know, we we went over there a few times. The Super Bowl was in Tampa. That was okay. Um, actually, I think that was the first time I met Deion Sanders was at that Super Bowl in person. You know, so. all right. Well, Brandon was moving beautiful and stadium. In Tampa. <laughs> well, listen, we're going to keep it in the realm of construction or new construction. That is because there is a new player in the hotel game. Sports Illustrated, my former company, is launching sports theme resorts in top college towns, starting with Tuscaloosa, Alabama, the home of the Rolling Tide. Now, these hotels will be full service hotels. They will have vacation clubs. They will have residential condos. And they are set to open in late 2025. We have some photos. This is actually very cool. When I was at SI, this is something that they were talking about doing for a very long time. Whenever we would host our events, they would have SI hotel branding on, you know, the step and repeats because they were gearing up for this to happen. This is very cool. You know, when Families travel or fans of the team, alumni travel, you know, hotels and things are always things that they're looking for. This is cool because it's going to be geared around, you know, the university and and whatever team it is going to have like football themed pools and stuff like that. This is a really cool idea. Definitely is. We live in a, a time now where we're looking for experiences, whatever, whatever we do. If it's dining, it's uh, going somewhere to stay um flying we want the ultimate experience and so i'm not surprised that they did this i think it's going to work obviously we know that there's you know millions of people that are avid sports fans um and and so being able to to travel and, and lay your head and party in a place where it's nothing but sports surrounding you this is cool and then people got to understand like sports illustrated is a licensing company now like they went through major changes years ago mm-hmm. and now like any of us if you want to if you want a piece of sports illustrated you get a piece of sports Illustrated. you better have your pockets right but if, if you want to open up a gym and it's you know branded by sports illustrated you can do that if you want to mm-hmm. have a beverage a water and it's sports illustrated you can do that so you know this is just the start for sports illustrated um i i see them doing more things like this you know outside of just traditional sports or media or the editorial space they're looking to build this brand out globally yeah i mean they they do clothing collaborations all sorts of things so very cool. I I'm I don't think I'll be traveling to Tuscaloosa to check this out, but if they, they do one, you know, in another city, which they are planning on doing, I may check that one out. But we're gonna keep it in the world of football. But hey, Deshaun, is is that you? Listen, there's a mystery on NFL Twitter. NFL fans are speculating that after the Browns Monday night twenty two to twenty six loss to the Steelers. 
Quarterback Deshaun Watson created a burner account in the locker room immediately after the game was over and went on a rampant spree defending himself. So people were going ahead and, you know, tweeting things. And Gainesville's own is the name of the Twitter account. Deshaun Watson is from Gainesville, Georgia. And it says free Watson. And he's responding to fans. This one, you know, said did all he could do. Um, wouldn't be the best quarterback in the XFL, someone said. And free Watson said you broke. Um, Deshaun Watson still the best quarterback in the NFL. He really is. Can't block and call plays too, though. So he was just kind of, you know, defending himself and and going at you know fans who were coming at things. Brandon, do you think this is Deshaun or not? Heck no. And bosses don't move like this, man. He ain't. Uh, well, well, KD, KD did. Yeah, that you don't, KD you don't think it's a little suspicious? <laughs> the account's called Gainesville's own, and oh, it that's... was made literally the day that the Browns lost. No, um, somebody was watching that game from Gainesville. That's a huge fan of his, and said, "You know uh-huh. what? Enough's enough. I'm creating a burner." Sean ain't got. He ain't even have time to do that. He go in the locker room. You go after the game. You go in the locker room. And you try to get dressed as fast as possible because you don't want to sit there because the media is going to be there for an hour, two hours. So you try to get dressed as fast as possible and get your ass out of there. So Deshaun wasn't sitting there creating a burner account and <laughs> Maybe also tweet, tweeting, huh? Maybe he already had it on standby and this was just the first time he used it. No. Nah, I... Listen, I'm going to tell you right now, a lot of athletes have burner accounts. Some have just been discovered and some haven't been discovered. But I can tell you without a shadow of a doubt, a lot of athletes have burner accounts. I'm not saying Deshaun does. I'm not saying this was Deshaun. I'm saying, though, a lot of athletes do have burner accounts. It's okay. They they corny. They corny if they do. But I will say this, and it's kind of like I'm not contradicting myself, but you know I was off social media for a minute. right? Did you have a burner account? uh, Well, I tried to. So I tried to get one because, like, now, you know, Season Fiery was wondering, where is the I Am Athlete, I Am Athlete, the other podcast, the show. And a lot of the bookings come through DMs in the past. And so I'm like, damn, I got to start booking for October. But I don't want to get on, right? So I tried to get a burner account, right? And then they, like, deactivated me because they're saying my, 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 uh, my, the way I was using it was suspicious. So I got kicked off my burner well- account. If you wanted to just DM people, why wouldn't you just go through the I Am Athlete Twitter page, uh, IG page? Why would you even? You don't wouldn't have to activate your own. Maybe I was looking at something else too. Okay, listen. He didn't want the I Am Athlete Explore page to go crazy. You know what I mean? It, it start, you know, it picks up the algorithm of what you're looking at and stuff like that. I'm with you when you're right, Brandon. I'm with you when you're right. <laughs> okay. No, this was not Deshaun though. This was not Deshaun. Come on, man. Deshaun ain't doing this. That's corny. I, like, why would it? I don't even understand this, Ashley. Like, I can. Some people say it's corny, and I was an athlete that fell victim, fell victim to this. But like, just bantering and arguing with a fan on your own account, I'm actually okay with that. But like, why do you? Why do you? Why would you need to go and create a burner account and say stuff like, "Well, I can't block and call the plays," or "Yes, I'm still great. I'm still number one." Come on. Come on, that's weak. Listen. Listen, Linda, we got that video. I've been asking for that video for three days. Listen, Linda, listen, Linda. We ain't got it. We got it. We got it. All right, here we go. 
But I have to yell at you guys. Thank you guys. Thank you, Woo. All right. Well, moving on. Jerry Jones, he plays chess, not checkers. Now, if you don't know, Los Angeles and New York City are currently in high consideration to land the 2026 World Cup final. But Jerry Jones is making sure that Dallas, Texas is also on that list. Jones had FIFA president Gianni Infantino in his box at the Dallas Cowboys game this past weekend. He also introduced him to Texas Governor Greg Abbott. Now, we have the photos of him in the box. Now, this is a big deal. Everyone is 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 fighting for this 2026 World Cup final. There he is in the box. Popcorn included, comfy seats right on the 50-yard line. Um, Jerry Jones, you ain't slick. I'm, I'm not mad at the tampering, though. If you can go, I, I want it for New York City, obviously, for biased reasons. But Jerry's playing the game. This is very, you know, much a page out of the billions Bobby Axelrod playbook. And I'm not mad at it. What do you make of this, Brandon? Big money moves? Big money moves, always being strategic. You know, obviously, like you said, everything's coming here in a couple of years. And it's really it's like North America. It feels like it's 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 all over the place. So I can see Jerry Jones putting himself in position in in his stadium um, uh, to to host, you know, whatever the hell he wants to host. Um, will it get done? Probably. It's Jerry Jones, super savvy when it comes to space. Thanks, Mr. Matthew. All right. Well, we will keep our eyes on that. Um, if Jerry can go ahead and bring a World Cup final to Dallas, that would be major not only for the economy but for jerry's world and for everything that jerry touches soccer is huge and it's only getting bigger all right last but not least since we're talking about dallas um brandon i don't know if you've ever seen weird things at the airport i've seen some weird things at the airport but i don't think this particular thing is tsa approved now travelers in the dfw airport that's dallas fort worth got more than the normal routine of traveling when a butt naked man was casually walking through the airport earlier this Mm. week now the man was later taken into custody by police for mental evaluation but um we, we have the video. So there he goes. There's a naked guy in the airport. Where's this through. Yes, there is. Ashley, he where's this at? My man. He waves to people. Um, Brandon. <laughs> Ashley, where, where, where is this at? That Did was in Dallas, Fort Worth. Can we replay the video for Brandon so he can? He no, no, can get I, a... I saw the I saw the video. I don't need to see it again. Oh, okay. I didn't know if you you didn't see it, and that's why you were. But yeah, 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 he was no. walking through the airport around 10 o'clock at night, butt naked, no shoes on, head down, just... There's a naked guy in the airport. Look, BC, hanging look, out. Look, BC, and we want to play it again. Y'all, y'all heard me say, y'all didn't heard me say I ain't need to see it. Y'all want to play it again. My y'all question funny. is this. Was he <laughs> naked when he went through TSA, or did he get naked once he got through security? He, he it, it may have been... Um, just someone else wasn't even traveling, right? So when I saw this, um, the first thing I thought about was mental health. You know, you see uh-huh. that a lot. You know, you see that a lot. You know, you may be driving um, through the streets. You know, you see it in the homeless uh, community. Um, a lot of people deal with drug-induced psychosis. Some deal with just psychosis. 
So that's what I thought about. I didn't even think it was funny. Um, you know, that's that was my first thought. So yeah, and, and, and it seemed like they evaluated him for, for that, and hopefully he's getting the help he needs uh, to take care of himself. But it definitely is disturbing when you're in these situations. I've been in these situations a few times. Once in Mount Miami, I was looking for a location, like for the next uh, House of Athlete, and I was with a few uh, realtors and female realtors. And they were, you know, we got out the car and this big guy just, just, just start running towards us and he was naked and they were frightened and I had to just step up and I just had to like, really like grab him and control him. And it was awkward, right? Cause he's naked and I just had to sit him down and, and I don't know how I was able to break through because he wasn't there. And I, we called, we end up, we end up like, like calling his brother and his brother came and I'm still in contact with that family t- still to this day. Wow. But I've been in a few situations, just not a few situations, but I've been, I've been, I've seen this before, right? I've seen this before and it's, uh, it's, it could be scary. I can't say that I've, I've seen this particular thing before, but I have been like on the subway. Um, and I've had men just like whip out their situation, just on the subway whether it was peeing wow. whether one time i was on the subway and a guy was like full-blown like masturbating on the subway oh my goodness yeah that's disturbing. um it was true story you see some crazy things on the subway that's that's it's a different world down there before um, we move on because you know they, they they tried to force me to keep watching this uh can <laughs> we throw to actually i was i've been watching undisputed a little bit or just the clips Richard Sherman had a moment, you know, we, we, we were, you know, we're starting to dive into this pause thing a little bit. Y'all are educating me on what's cool and what's not, but I thought this was funny. Can we throw to this real quick, Woo? Get Ashley's thoughts. Just take it, just take it, suck it up, swallow it. We're going to win this Sunday. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. That one made you smile. Okay. The other one actually looked like crazy. But I I mean, like you said, there's there's been, there's been successful big quarterbacks. There's been bad big quarterbacks. There's another one where, um, Paul. Skip was talking about boxing. But I think Bryce Young is a, and he's fully erect and he's coming at me and just like, he's, he's taken back by my girth. It was actually really funny. Like it was just Skip. I don't know if Skip does it on purpose or he really just doesn't. Um, get it, but he's he's definitely a, a different breed. But um, they're lucky that Cam and Mace aren't on that show. That would have been a whole lot of hey, yo, pause. Yeah, right, yeah. you crazy? <laughs> right. That's crazy. Right. Like, Did you see the other one? Because we were talking the first one. <laughs> Richard Sherman face that was hilarious. Did you see the other one? Did you Did you hear the other one that he just played? Yeah, I heard both of them. Oh, you heard both of them? Okay, great. Yeah. Right, great, great, great. Brandon Marshall here, Ashley Nicole Moss sitting here, uh, Sirius XM. I'm actually in L.A., in Sirius XM's head, one of their headquarters, because they also have a big block or two in New York. Uh, Faction Talk, Channel 103. Uh, what up, uh, Mr. Matthews? Always taking care of me when I'm here. Text them mid-air. Yo, bro, 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 can you come in the studio tomorrow? No problem. 7.30 in the morning. We at it. Um, where's faction talk? Like, I got all these bays here. Where's faction talk? Where is it? Yeah, like, is there like, do they have their own little location in here? Well, that, that, I think they're based out of New York, but people float through here like you. Oh, okay, faction mm-hmm. talk. Okay, okay. We've been on this channel, but I, you know, I haven't been able to come in studio to see the people yet. Well, right now you're in the Shade 45 headquarters. Ooh, mothership shade 45 well, you hear that the way you he said that sounded very mysterious shade 45 say it again shade 45 shade 45. 45 mr john matthews this is his name by the way john matthews 
The hype is real. The hype is real. Uh, what's some of the wildest thing or wildest things or coolest things you've seen in the studio? Because Ashley, you, you've been in, um, you know, uh, I think you you've been in the New York one more than anywhere else. Yeah, but I've, but I've know, never been to the there. LA one. I've been into the I've been to the New York one, which is gorgeous, by the way. The New York one's absolutely stunning. LA's like newer and it's better. No, New say. York's new too. They just opened that location. Really? Eh. Mm-hmm. No. What is it, man? Uh, now, the, well, Ashley, you seem like a nice person, but the truth is, New York has been there for a while. As has DC. The LA uh, operation here uh, ramped up about three years ago, I think. Four years. No, ago? No, I know. I'm saying the new. They, they had one in New York. It was on Lexington. That's the old one. The new one in Midtown is new. They they've only been in that building for that area for like I want to say like a year, maybe. They had an original location that was older. <laughs> you can give it to her. Tell her. Give tell well, her. That's what they told me. <laughs> Well, uh, you've uh, that's a that's a bad source, my friend. <laughs> okay. Well, it was uh, nice though. Oh, they had a downstairs and upstairs with like a sound stage and all that stuff. It was cool. Um. So really quickly, you know, when you're here, in like I, I felt like Hugh Jackman just walked by, but it wasn't him. Uh, it's a, a reality guy. Okay, but like last time I was here, LL Cool J was here. Sure, Ooh. there's some amazing people that's always here. Conan, uh, Ed Sheeran, they were downstairs uh, a couple days ago. What's the coolest thing you've seen here or you've been a part of? I've been a part of. Well, th- this lady gave me a sex doll, uh, which cost fifteen hundred dollars. Uh, so, and it weighs about one hundred and fifty pounds. Do, Do you, you keep it? it? Uh, you know, I actually took it for a spin for the show. Uh, but look, but, 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 <laughs> what? But look, look, look at the screen. And it's so heavy. It's oh, incredible. Oh, I wish Ashley could see this. Oh, we got to send this to Ashley. He's showing me <laughs> this. Wait, his but my, how did you take it for a spin exactly? Well, uh, a friend, one of the engineers, helped me uh, carry it downstairs. Uh, and then uh, a friend of mine who, who knows what's going on, uh, she drove it to my apartment. We took care of that. And then brought it back here, and then so. What, what did you use it though? Uh yes. Like tell. <laughs> oh, I mean, it's was a, it good? Was it was like is it is on it a scale of one through ten? How would you rate to? the experience? Yeah. Uh, it was it was acceptable. The problem I discovered is the thing is so heavy. You are moving a body. You're moving a lifeless body. It right. is impossible. Right. It's so heavy. Right. What posi- What was your favorite position? Oh, uh, you know, I was just uh, taking it, uh, you know, the standard sort of missionary option. Oh, no, I can still have the head. I'll, I'll, let me get it. Well, the, the body's in the back, but let me just grab the head. Where's the head at? It's it, it, coming your way. I'll be right back. Pause. <laughs> yo, this is wild. See, yo. this is radio. <laughs> I'm going to be uh, honest. I did not expect to hear that he had actually taken it for a spin. Ashley, I'm watching a video now. He he put it on the TV in the studio here. I wish I could. I'm going to send it to you after the show. This is wild. Do you think that you yep. could ever do that? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes. You, you know, would take it for, you would try it out? I, would, I wouldn't I would buy one, but hell, I ain't using no used one. But yeah, I mean, like I, the curiosity. <laughs> Like, that's why I'm asking him, like, how does it feel? Oh, look, look, come here. Look, 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 look. Look, look at it. Come on. Wow. Okay. Does it come with wigs? Oh. <laughs> and then you, if you grip her head, it's like very, like, real. Spooky. Spooky. Says wow. spooky. <laughs> this show went all the way left. Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. 
Jobs like updating turbines at one of our Indiana wind farms and producing more oil and gas with fewer operational emissions in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Hi, I'm Cindy Lauper. My scalp was covered with psoriasis. Felt like I was trapped between a rock and a hard place. Then I started Cosentix. Cosentix Secukinumab is prescribed for adults with moderate to severe black psoriasis, 300 milligram dose. Don't use if you're allergic to Cosentix. Before starting, get checked for TB. Serious allergic reactions, severe skin reactions that look like eczema, and an increased risk of infections, some fatal, have occurred. Cosentix may lower ability to fight infections, so tell your doctor if you have an infection or symptoms like fevers, sweats, chills, muscle aches, or cough, how to vaccine or plan to, or if IBD symptoms develop or worsen. Learn more at Cosentix.com or 1-844-COSENTIX. Cosentix works for me. Ask your doctor about Cosentix. What's up, y'all? The Home Depot Retool Your School program is back on the yard and back at it again, bringing up to $150,000 in campus improvement grants to help upgrade and uplift your favorite HBCU campuses. Not only is Retool Your School partnering with HBCUs, but it's also inviting you to join by voting online. Only at retoolyourschool.com slash vote. You can vote as many times as you want, as often as you want, whenever you want, now through March 24th. If you want to support change across HBCU campuses, all you have to do is vote. So keep doing, keep building, and keep supporting HBCUs at retoolyourschool.com slash vote. Retool your school powered by purpose. This is Brandon Marshall from I Am Athlete here to talk about my favorite go-to Britty meal that I can't always enjoy because the carb fear is real. But carb-heavy foods are often the ones we love most. But Hero Bread makes those same delicious favorites free of consequences and compromises. Zero to one grams of net carbs, zero grams of sugar, and high in fiber, delicious and flavorful. The soft, fluffy experience you love when enjoying a refreshing, maybe, peanut butter and jelly sandwich, savory breakfast burrito, or mouthful watering cheeseburger something for every craving including sliced bread loaves buns and tortillas monthly small drops of indulgence favorites like the two gram net carb hero croissant or the one gram net carb hero cheddar biscuit don't give up on being a bread hit hero bread is offering 10 percent off your order go to hero.co and use code athlete at checkout that's athlete at h-e-r-o.co hurry and get 10 percent off your order when you use athlete at h-e-r-o.co um, we talking about lefts. She, man, this person that's about to jump on the show, we're gonna get right into it. Um, and 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 I actually, I really want to just, I want, I just want us to ask questions and let her tell her story, right? And uh, introduce herself because we 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 you know we we try to be a platform uh, to give our female athletes and superstars a platform to you know to t- just to you know connect with the audience mm-hmm. you know the WNBA uh is in the playoffs now and i don't see it on espn i don't see them talking about it i don't see them interviewing anyone uh so this one we're t- like i said we're talking about lefts like she is undisputed uh she's her um she's dibbling and dabbling in fashion you know she's dibbling and dabbling in media but she is her inside that ring. So welcome to the show, Miss Alicia. Okay, the 
bomb. The bomb. The bomb. Thank you for coming on our show. Hi. Yes, thank you for having me. Hey. Where are you at? Why are, like I've been following you on Instagram, okay? Um I love your content, but it's always amazing. Even your shot right now, like do you have like a production crew that's always with you 24/7? Like you look phenomenal. The shot is phenomenal. Where are you at right now? Right now I'm in my house. I'm in Detroit. So I'm all over the place. But for the most part, I try to have everything together um, when it comes to doing these these interviews. Mm, you got it. You got I it. I like the wall. Did you do that yourself? Thank or you. it's really it's really pretty. Thank you. Yeah, I did actually. Ooh. I just pinned this up on the wall, girl. I'm like, I need a little backdrop. <laughs> so um you were recently in Miami? I was, yes. What were you doing down here? I saw, I was, I, yes, I told you, I was, I've been following you. I'm like, was she, was she doing it down in Miami? Was it work? Was it play? Why you know, are you Miami gives you a little bit of, what, like, she's, she's her. Yes. Yeah, so first of all, Florida is my second home. I love Florida. I love Miami. And I was able to go down there and do a few business um, adventures, some opportunities. I went to the University of Miami. I got a whole tour of the campus, beautiful campus, got to see the football facility. I'm jealous. I'm like, I think I got into the wrong sport because yeah. the football players are spoiled. They're well taken care of. And it was just an awesome experience. And um, just seeing that um, just put a lot of things in perspective for me on what I want and what I want to see myself um, in the next few years. Yeah, so this is Brandon Marshall, Ashley Nicole Moss sitting here with the Miss Alicia Baum, Baumgartner, okay, undisputed, and check her out. Um, follow her on Instagram, TikTok, like all Twitter. It's just phenomenal story, and I love her approach. Uh, Ashley, before we really dive into, you know, the deep questions and really give her the platform, uh, you know, yes, I, I, a little bit of a stalker, a little bit. Yesterday, Clearly. you bought some jewelry. It seemed like what, what was in that bag. What was in that bag? Yeah, I got me, I got me some little diamond earrings. I don't know if you can see them. Ooh. Yeah, see, see, you gotta pay attention. Oh look. It's, Let me it's, see. It's them. a small, it's the small ones. Let me see. Let me get a little closer. Can you see Ooh, them? Can't I like hide money. I like see, I like small. Money. I'm not a I tell people all the time. Subtle. I don't like like <laughs> giant chains, earrings, things like that. I like minimal, simple, like things like that. I'm that's that's right up my alley. I'm actually getting my first chain made, so my logo is going to look super dope on a chain, Ooh. so I'm actually looking forward to that. My jeweler is making that for me, so I need That's my AD exciting. chain out here. Yeah. Okay, let, let's jump in. Go ahead, yeah, Ashley. Let's dive into let's some see. boxing. Yeah, so, so for me, my first question is this. Um, what are you trying to bring to boxing, right? We've seen it on the men's side. Uh, there's so many different blueprints and so many different templates. But on the on the on the women's side, there's not too many blueprints or or or, or uh, templates that you can follow. Say if you do this, you'll become, you know, the next great X, right? So what are you trying to bring to boxing? So I will say I am the blueprint to this Ooh. women's boxing game, and I will say what you have to bring is specifics right you have to know how to fight and I'm not talking about girl fighting I'm talking about actually knowing what you're doing in there and I've been doing this for 20 years to know what 
fighting looks like. I don't, I mean, people will say, I don't fight like a girl. I fight like a guy, but there's skill, there's technique, there's experience behind that. So one, that's one. Two, you have to know how to promote yourself. At the end of the day, we're, we're in a male dominated sport. You have to know um, what you're dealing with and promoting yourself is number one. I'm my biggest fan. I know what I represent. I know what I can bring to the table. So I know how to promote myself. Um, in a way where it's reaching people. And again, it, it takes a lot of work. It takes a team really um, to do that. And then third, I would say, you know, really building your character outside the ring and what that looks like. You know, you can't just be known as a boxer. You have to know um, who that person is outside the ring. What are they doing to help the community? What are they doing to give back? What are they doing to inspire? And that's what boxing does for me. And I'm able to do that. So it's building blocks to that and it's, it's being recognized and it's allowing people to really open their eyes to say, Hey, like we're not just dealing with just a girl. We're dealing with the undisputed world champion where we need to really broadcast this and let people see that there's a different side of women's boxing. And I don't like that. Sometimes it can be overshadowed. Anyway. You mentioned something in, in what you just said that you don't fight like a girl. And I feel like, there is a constant conversation about if there is a difference between the way that female boxers box versus male boxers. And Clarissa Shields called out Jake Paul and said, look, I want to fight him. And Jake Paul was like, mm, do you think we'll ever see a fight go down, a match go down between a male boxer and a female boxer? How close do you think we are to seeing that happen? So just to touch on that, I don't have to compete with the man to prove who I am. I don't have to step in the ring to say I'm better than you or to, to prove myself as a woman fighter. I don't even think that's necessary. I think it's the approach on how the male, um, the male boxers are able to help promote and become unity with mm -hmm. that. I don't have to, I don't have to fight a man to, to prove who I am in the ring. So I think that it's, that's not the approach to go by. It's how we can able, how we're able to, unite one another and promote. And with that, that's putting women on the co-main event, that's putting women as the main event, that's promoting the women properly. Just as much money that you're promoting in these male fights and you see it on billboards and you see it on the internet, it's the same way for the women. So again, I think it's just the approach that needs to be taken um, serious. Do you and let's be clear. Oh, Go ahead, Ash. Do you feel that there's a lack of camaraderie? Do you feel the support from your male counterparts, your male peers? Or do you still feel that women are fighting for equality, not only from fans of the sport, but also from the men within the sport? Yeah, I think, again, we're still trying to pull our own weight. And I would like to see more of the male, my male counterparts really push the women's aspect because we're, we have great fights. They're exciting fights. And when people do see these fights, they talk about them. So if we're really able to push that narrative to say, Hey, like these women are really putting on great performances and they knocking girls out and they're, they're building the fight up. Um, you see that with my fights. So I think it just comes down to really put in that pressure behind them to really promote women. And let's just say athletes. I'm tired right. of like the separation. Right. And, and I loved your answer earlier when Ashley asked, asked you that question. It's like it was perfect. You know, we don't need to compete against each other, man, man versus woman. 
Um, so I love that. And, but I do want to be clear here for everybody that's watching and listening. Okay. She has fought men. Okay. I was watching you on funky Friday, Cam Newton show, right. Doing my homework and you have smart men. And, 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 and Ashley, what she said on, on this one, when Cam was asking her, she was like, no, I, I I'm hitting him. They they're hitting me right now. Obviously they got gear on and everything, but right. how is that? Like the first time you stepped in a ring with the man sparring, how was that? You just come in. It's like, he, he, he puts on his, his boots and his, his shorts, just like I do. Well, I would say it stemmed from me wrestling first. So I started wrestling when I was five. So I was already wrestling boys. So like that just built my confidence to step into the ring with a man. I'm like, listen, we're both in here. We both got, you know, our gloves and headgear on. And it was just a matter of survival. I mean, it don't matter who's in the ring. You're in there to protect yourself at all times. And I will say, like I mentioned before, the men have helped me and prepared me for these fights. I, I can take a to take a punch to to move my head because they're not gonna hit me soft. Like I don't want to get hit either. So mm-hmm. I'm I'm happy that my male counterparts can help me prepare for a fight. And it just brings that dog out. So if I'm competing with my with the, the guys and then when I get in the ring with the girl, I'm just like, listen, you this game over. <laughs> you 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 like you over me? Like if we got in the ring, what you think? How many rounds we going? You Ashley you over there smiling. Okay. I think she would hey, beat you, you like? Brandon. I Yo. think it's it comes down to what I'm gonna do and like I ain't got to do too much in the body. People forget about the body. It's just you gotta do the body shots. You know, you what gonna work like, the body. Oh one my punch, God. we can do a liver shot, we can hit you with solar plex. <laughs> which, which one? The body shots, you know, those are the ones though. That's gonna take the win out you. Really quick, Ashley, like y'all brought up something talking about men supporting, right? Um, and you brought up Jake Paul. Uh, Jake Paul, uh, Amanda Seriani, did I say her name right? Serrano. Serrano. Amanda mm-hmm. Serrano. He supports her in a major way. Do you ever sit back and say, like, I wish I had someone in my corner like that? Um, yeah. So, I, again, Jake Paul does a great job for promoting um, Amanda. So he's she signed to his promotion. So he's done a great job with promoting her. And I would say, I think every woman wants to see that for herself. And again, it's, it's not that my promoter couldn't do it. It's not like that promoter couldn't do it. It's if they want to do it. Right. And Jake Paul was like, I want to change how we promote women in the sport of boxing. And I'm going to start with Amanda Serrano. I'm going to get her her million dollar payday plus. I'm going to get her her sponsorships because we can't box forever. And I love that for her. She's been in the game for a long time. And so just to see her um, get the paydays that she's been waiting to have for a long time, kudos to her. Mm. Well, listen, we're talking about the ring. We're talking about boxing. And in case people can't read what this lower third says, it says the undisputed super featherweight champion of the world. So I just want to know, what does that feel like to see that? And also, can you talk a little bit about the journey it took to get to that title? Yeah, just hearing the words undisputed is everything. You know, I worked so hard to get to this place in my life. And we know with anything, when you're on your journey, it's not perfect. You don't have a manual. You just go with the flow and you grind and you put in the work. And I knew if I continued to put this work in the work ethic, something was going to come from it. And so starting boxing at the age of eight, you know, traveling, 
Um, it's a it's a lonely sport. So just really being in tune with yourself, in tune with your mental. You know, I was able to just really navigate through these obstacles, through these trials, to to have the faith to really keep pushing. And when I got the opportunity to fight for the world title, I said, absolutely, put me in. I don't care if I'm the underdog. I, I have that underdog mentality. We went to London. I beat old girl, knocked her out in the fourth round, became world champion. The best yeah. feeling in the world. Like, mm. the Where's best. the belt? Where's the belt? The is, belt. Is it sitting Where's next the- to you? No, I mean, I got this one right here. I got, I got the WBO belt. I didn't, they're all, all over the place. Cause I've been the one you were talking about was a WBC, right? Listen, the green belt. That's yes. the one. That's which the one? one. Yeah. Which one's heavier? This, um, I would say maybe the WBC. Yeah. Is probably the heaviest. Mm. Um, that's but that's my favorite belt though. Like I put my mind on that. I'm like, I want the green belt. Right. So when we got the phone call, to fight, I'm like, this is perfect. Like everything that I wanted, I got beat Michaela Mayer for her titles in London again, became unified and then became undisputed. So it's been great. I love it. I love when everybody's against me, when everybody's like, we don't know this girl. Can she fight? Can she do this? Can she do that? I can do it all. So. Well, I mean, speaking of of Michaela, you have a well-documented rivalry with her. I mean, where does that beef stand today, and will you two fight again? So the beef still stands. Listen, like, <laughs> this girl can get this work once again. It was just great to, to have that in boxing, right, in women's boxing to really promote a fight where there's actual tension between two fighters. You know, she thought she was better than me. I knew I was better than her all along. It was just a matter of time of, getting the opportunity to fight her. And I would love that fight. I would move up to 135 to fight her. I know she's she struggled to make 130. So we can definitely make that fight and have it in the States where, you know, we can really have people come out. So, so, sorry, sorry. Listen, sometimes I get in trouble because I'm too real. I don't want to see that fight. We already seen it. We, we know you hurt, okay? It's time to move <laughs> on. We just talked about her. Amanda, right? That's the one everybody want to see. That's what we want to see. True. That, that's true. And I like that fight too. Let's go. So, so what's the holdup? What's the problem? So with, with this boxing game, there's there's mandatories. There's yep. things like that. You so have one. I, you have, one I have a mandatory. Up. Yes, I have a mandatory coming up. So we're waiting to see what that looks like. And then we can make this mega fight with Amanda Serrano. I think, again, everybody wants to see that fight. She's a great fighter, great champion. She's a southpaw. This is a, a great fight for me. They want they want to see the young bull come out. I'm ready. Let's go. <laughs> let's go. I can't wait. But listen, <laughs> in that, I just got goosebumps thinking about that fight because she she's like that. You're like that too. And I'm not going to say, oh, you fight like a dude, but when because I you said that, all right. Um, <laughs> but watching you, you're so savvy, so technical. It's like you're a magician in there, but you're you're like a sensei. It's unbelievable how skilled you are. Um, it's, it's almost like a, a the, the like Tiger Woods his swing, you know, mm-hmm. just technique is just flawless. Um, Amanda, she's a brawler, right? Like, there's mm-hmm. a lot of uh, opportunities there. When you see her fight, you love it because it's a lot of action. But when you see her, do you're like, are you like, yo, four rounds, five rounds, she's out of there because she's just coming forward, you know, punch after punch after punch. Yeah, I mean, I think she leaves herself open when she does come forward. Um, 
when she's throwing that many punches. It only takes one punch. And mm. with being with timing is everything. We know that with the Terry mm-hmm. Harper fight, right? So I believe with my technique and my skill, my athleticism, because these girls not topping that, mm-hmm. I would, I would, I would catch her. I would set her up with something. Do you get nervous or scared? Sorry, Ashley, but I, I just getting goosebumps thinking about this fight. Got to get through this mandatory, but man, maybe I wish I wish we were in position to be what Jake Paul is to her. I am athlete could be to you. This is going to be legendary. But does that make you nervous when you fight against a, a fighter like that? Right. Where she's so active. She's throwing so many punches. Like, how do you how do you step into the ring and, and still stay in control? It's all about control. It's it's controlled um, dominance, right? You have, I have to know what I'm doing. Screw what Amanda's doing. I've been in the ring with people who are pressure fighters. People are going to come forward. So I got to do what I'm best at. Mm. And that that's establishing a great jab. You think you're going to come in, you're going to get this jab, this stiff ass (laughs) jab too. You know what I'm saying? So there's, there's aspects to this and, um, what that looks like, but it's a great fight for me and Amanda, and I would love it. I I need that. That's awesome. Well, I'm going to throw another name at you. Is there, and that name is uh, Katie Taylor. Is there a potential bout on the horizon with you two? I mean, the potential to be the undisputed champ in multiple weight classes sounds a little enticing. Listen, I want it. I want them all. I want um, Katie Taylor. You know, she's been a trailblazer for the sport of boxing. And I'm ready just, I'm the young bull coming in. Like, I want all these girls. So it doesn't matter who. Just put them in the ring with me. I'll fight them. I don't say no. Make sure the money's right and we can mm. get it on. Listen, uh, Katie Taylor, older than me. She, she needs time <laughs> to pass. The, it's time to pass. She, she's like that, though. She's like that. But she sitting, is. She's long in the tooth. She's sitting at 37. Uh, the body start breaking down a little bit. You're you're actually at an interesting part in your career, 29 years of age, right? So what are you thinking mm-hmm. about now, right? Like Ashley talked to you about, you know, your career being undisputed, but what do you see the future? Because like at 29, your body does start feeling a little differently. And then you start thinking about things outside of the ring and building your brand or building business company, et cetera, et cetera. Like where are you at in your career? Yeah. So right now, so I feel 25. I don't even feel this, this age thing yet. So like, I'm happy. (laughs) I can't speak on that. But, um, right now, again, it's building my brand. It's, it's being not just a boxer, not just a champion, but someone who is advocating for women empowerment, someone who is inspiring the youth, someone who is giving back, someone who is, it's really setting an example of what, more than an athlete looks like right Mm. and also just showing the world that you can be versatile being a a beast in the ring a beauty outside the ring what it looks like to be feminine and what it looks like to 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 really separate the two but still be a powerful like movement and so i'm i'm navigating through all that you know when i did go to florida i got to speak to a group of women and inspire them. I'm, I'm telling you, the kids need inspiration. And when they can have something so small to go with, they can keep dreaming. Cause I'm a dreamer. I dream all day, every day. So, you know, these kids need that. And so that's, that's what I want to do. I want to give back. I want to inspire uh, women empowerment and really just be this, be the name um, that boxing needs and that the world needs, honestly. 
I love hearing that because just as a woman, obviously in, in the sports world, but in a different space, you know, on the broadcasting side of things, I share your same sentiments. I feel like the incredible thing about being a woman is being able to be a multi-hyphenate and to be able to wear so many different hats and to exist in so many different spaces. And I think that a lot of the times, sometimes women are told that they can only be good at one thing and they should only focus on being you know really really good in one space and I love you know speaking to other women who are kind of going against the grain and not kind of but are going against the grain and showcasing no you can be a beauty and a beast you can be a boss and you can be you know a princess you know so many different things and I love hearing that um, just from other women so I'm just wondering you know what is it that you are doing within your brand outside of the sport to go ahead and start growing those tentacles and, and getting, you know, other things under the umbrella of the brand that is you. Yeah, I would say just to touch on that, one thing would be commentating, you know, being able to share my voice, speak my opinion, you know, when I'm not fighting, I'm commentating at the fights, you know, I'm giving my intel on what I see and how to break down a fight, things like that. Um, speaking at events, like I mentioned, uplifting women, young girls, the youth, you know, there's so many kids. Boxing has been one of those outlets for me that fell into my lap. It, I had a gym and it was free. It was free for the community. It was, it was to get kids off the streets, teach them respect, discipline, and really like show them like you could, you could do this too, if you put your mind to it. And so really just giving back um, is important to me. And I'm able to do that. I juice. So I started my juice company um, during COVID and I juice for the gym because there's no healthy options, you know, in the Detroit area where the gym's yeah. at. And so just giving healthy options to kids to say, you don't have to drink Gatorade. You can have a press juice that's all natural. So just giving like the health and wellness aspect back to the community as well and letting them know like you can have healthy choices while being an athlete as well. Yeah. I love that. Yeah, I mean, this is, I mean, I, I'm really excited about, you know, this conversation and just meeting you, talking to you. You know, you really have an, uh, you have an amazing opportunity right now. And there's a lot of athletes in the same position. Like we're in this, this, this space of disruption. And so I know it's hard. Um, and one of the questions I was going to ask was like, are you, are you tired? How does your back feel for, from, for carrying like, you know, now I wouldn't say you're carrying the women's uh, boxing because you have Clarissa trying to do some things and Amanda doing some things, but you guys are really the faces of boxing. And uh, and a lot of times in this space, it's, you, you guys aren't going to be the ones that benefit the most. Right. It's going to be the generation that comes behind you guys. That's how I feel. But will you get guys get uh, the credit that you deserve? Absolutely. But, you know, I'm just super proud of you, super excited about your future. Um, question for you. You know, Ashley, we have a writer. She's a writer. Did you ever find that journal uh, that you left in the airport? I never left. I'm sorry. I never found it. Oh. Never found it. And I'm so hurt about that. I'm like, someone knows a little part of my life. That's okay. <laughs> <laughs> what, what's, um, the, what's the thing that you're scared uh, the most about? Like, it, you, like, please just don't open that page. I'm just so raw with my emotions and like everything that I've been through in life. And just to touch on that is, is writing, you know, writing in my journal. I've been writing since a young girl and it's a way to reflect, right? When I'm going through the things I'm going through in my life or the things that I've been through in my life, 
to go back and to read and to think about that problem that was so big in my life, knowing that it was really this small and I got through it, I persevered through it and things like that. It really helped my mental, you know, mm-hmm. like I said, boxing is 90% mental and I'm by myself most of the time. So just being able to be in tune with yourself and know yourself, praying is something that I also incorporate and just having my relationship with God and seeing how he wants me to, to operate through this life and where I'm able to be to help somebody else, you know? Mm. So I love that. The journaling is, is dope though. I definitely would tell anybody to write, even if you rip the paper up and burn it, just write your thoughts out because it's constant. Like we just always thinking. And like you said, I, I get tired. Like, I'm like, I'm tired. Like, I'm, do I want to do this? Yeah. Right. You know, but at the end of the day, I'm like, you have to do this. You have a purpose, you have a reason, and you have people who look up to you. When people tell me they're inspired, I'm like, oh, that's, that's so awesome. I love that. But yeah. there's so many people. So, you know, it's not just, it's not about me. It's really about other people. Yeah. Now, I mean, before we let you go, I would be remiss for the fans if I did not ask your favorite Clarissa Shields story. I mean, you train out of Detroit. She reps Flint's not that far from the D. I mean, what can you what's one of the top stories on the tip of your brain that you can share with us? I will say when I was an amateur, uh, we went to a tournament together and Clarissa didn't have um, no one to stay with. So my coach is like, well, you can stay with us. This is the first time I met Clarissa. So she roomed with me. Clarissa is the same person she was then and who she is now. <laughs> Literally the same, the same confidence. Like I'm like, I remember her saying, I'm going to win this tournament. I'm the best. I'm like, okay, girl, I love that. But she is literally the same girl. And she's just kept that attitude um, from the amateurs to the Olympics and as a pro now. So, you know, she definitely walked that walk. Yeah. I well, uh, I, w- I want to read this quote. I know Ashley, dang, Ashley, we got to let her go. We got to let her go. All right. Well, I, I, let, let, I want to do this, Ash. Uh, I'm going to read this quote. want to get your thoughts. Um, and then, you know, I, I, we, we got to hit a little bit of fashion because Ashley's a fashionista, too. Like, Ashley, you know, she missed work. Like, she missed, like, a whole week of work because she went to New York Fashion Week. She's sitting in suites with Tommy Hilfiger. Yeah, look, like, she may, she's shaking her head. But she her now. And I see it's you It's not about me, thing. Brandon. Read your quote. <laughs> okay, okay, okay. All right, here we go. You want them to love you unconditionally, but how unconditional is your love for yourself? That's real. That's deep. So I would say just with that, just the word unconditional, I know what that, what that represents in my life, right? Unconditional is like, here it is. Love me unconditionally, no matter what. Um, It comes down to self. And I think you really have to work on that because if you don't work on that, then you're, you go searching for other things to give you that unconditional love when you can really give it to yourself. So. Yeah. You, you brought a book. I, I saw the story where you, uh, you, you purchased the book and you know, it was just sitting there and you said, just open it up and see what happens. And you open it up like twice, two or three times. And that was, it kept opening up to that quote. Yeah. Just, that's important because I we've been talking about this over the last couple of weeks on our show. Like I'm on that journey now. Like who am I outside of the football player? You know, I've been a football player since I was I started playing at six years old, but there was a ball in my crib, literally in the hospital. Um, you know, so who am I outside of Brandon Marshall, the football player? Who am I outside of Brandon Marshall now the entrepreneur? 
you know, so I'm doing some real deep work and I'm like, I call it rewiring my brain when that there's a, that's a real thing. So, um, when I saw that I connected with that. So I appreciate you opening up and, and sharing that, uh, publicly. Um, Ashley fashion. Sure. Fashion. So talk to me a little bit about it. Cause like you coming in the ring, that was one thing I, I listen, I, you know, I'm not a stalker, but I'm watching. And I'm like, yo, like, <laughs> I'm like, so talk to me about your approach in the ring and out of the ring, right? Because, like, you, you, it's almost like you're, it's it's like you remind me of Serena and Venus in the ring, okay? And then out of the ring, I would love to see your approach there and, like, what you're thinking. Yeah, I mean, first of all, I can't wait to, de- like, design my next uniform. The uniform is who you are, right? Mm. And so that's just one thing. The ring walk is another thing, you know? And when you're in the ring, you know, you're performing, you are the brand, right? And I don't know, I would just say that it's just something that I look forward to doing um, because it's a way to, I I can express myself. You know, people may see like, I'm always in like sports clothes and stuff, but it's a chance to really like bring that feminine side out, what I like. And really just give my um, my stylist my ideas. I'm like, I want to do this. I want it to look like this, and things oh. like that. Beautiful. No, I love I that I because answered, I I think, I, I think it's a way to merge both worlds. I remember when I interviewed Bianca Belair um, in Orlando. That's one of the things that she spoke about. It was like the sport is so just intense and like her training is so intense. But when she gets to design her costumes and her and whatever it is that she puts on when she gets into the ring, it gets to showcase a different side of her and maybe a more relatable side to maybe women who aren't as dominant in the gym or dominant in a sport. There's a relatability factor that it creates between you and a fan base that may or may not be able to relate to you when you know you're out there just dominating your opponent in the ring so that's so cool that you're gonna um start doing that i'm excited to see what you wear yeah yeah this next fight it's it's gonna be the fight for me i'm like i literally can't wait so i'm already thinking about my colors i'm thinking about what i how i wanted to just put the things together because it's coming heat i i envision maybe not this fight and then we gotta let you go but maybe not this fight, but the next fight. Uh, Eminem walking you out too. <laughs> that'd be cool. Out too. Yeah, I know. Like, all right. So, like, that's that's what I, that's my hope, my wish, because I feel like that type of moment will like really introduce you to the world, right? Like, the, like the do you really know who I am, right? Um, mm-hmm. But if you had to pick, who's your dream person? Like walking out. Ooh. Um. So I have this question. I have a few people because my music lists all over the place. If I had to do, if I had to pick a woman, if I'm doing with women empowerment, I got to get Cardi B. Um, she shared my post when I was in London because I walked out to tomorrow too. So like that was dope. Cardi would if do it. A, yeah, no, definitely. Um, if I had to pick a guy, I was thinking Jeezy. Ooh, Jeezy would be swaggy. <laughs> That was, I can see it now with the smoke machine, the fog, just like a dark, like hood. Like Jeezy would be like some swag. Listen, all yeah. there, okay? That's yes, right. Jeezy, right. Would, Jeezy would do swag. it too. Jeezy would do it too. Uh, this was awesome. Thank you for coming on. Um, we're going to be following you. You know, ho- don't forget about us. We would love to have you back on. Uh, you know, when you're promoting your next two fights, and we'll support. You know, we. I'm gonna come. Where's the next one going to be? Not sure, but I will keep you posted. 
Okay, dope. Alicia, all right. Thank you so much. We love you. Thank you for having me. Love y'all. Thank you. All right, Brandon. She's special. She has an amazing spirit. For sure. Absolutely love. I love meeting dominant women in their in their sports, in their fields, wherever they may be. All right. So we're going to dive into some football again. And as promised, we are spinning the block on the Chicago story or the multiple stories, um, you know, for the Chicago Bears organization. Um, any final thoughts, though, before we move on in, in the boxing conversation with Alicia? No, I just think that, you know, you know, when you watch her, you know, when you're, in, when you know, this is a athlete entertainer, there's a lot of curation happening, you know, and she's there where it's, like she said, she's an athlete. She got to go out there and produce, but she also has to promote herself. Right. And um, I just see her in this interesting space. And I think the next couple of years could be beautiful for her, especially she gets through this mandatory and then she fights Amanda. You know, mm-hmm. you got the you have the whole Jake Paul uh, uh, promotion behind her. This is going to be big, not only as a payday, but just uh, from an engagement standpoint. And, and like, what is she going to do then? So I'm excited yeah. there, and that's going to be a tough fight. You know, hopefully they make it happen, and 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 the culture needs to get behind her when 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 it does. Well, Brandon, you know I'm a baby boxing fan, so I have to, you know, shout out the guys, JP, all of them, for giving me a crash course in all things Alicia because, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm just dipping my toe into the pool. So I appreciate you guys crash coursing me on all things Alicia. It was great getting to know her. Um, right. We're spending the block. We're going back to Chicago, not too far from Detroit. And there's a lot going on. So bear with me as I break this all down, okay? Bears defensive coordinator Alan Williams resigned yesterday afternoon. Now, per Albert Breer, the Bears staff was said to be, quote, stunned by the announcement with one coach calling it, quote, effing crazy. Now, there were various social media reports that unfolded surrounding the announcement of his resignation and one of those was that there were multiple raids, one having been at his house um, Sunday afternoon, and the other was a raid of police activity at Hallis Hall also regarding Williams. Now, there was a attorney that came out um, later on that afternoon following the news and said that those reports of a raid, at least at Alice Hall, are absolutely false. Um, Here's the quote right now. Spoke with a sports attorney based out of Chicago who is working with Bears DC, Alan Williams. And he told her that Williams is resigning due to health concerns and family issues and said, quote, given the false rumors and what seems to be out there on social media, I just wanted to set the record straight that Coach Williams has had some health issues and some family issues that he's dealing with. And he thought it was the right time to take a step back and deal with those issues. Now, Um, Ian Rappaport also went ahead and put out a tweet saying that there's no word if Williams house was actually raided on Sunday night that has not gone ahead and been disputed or not. That was originally reported by John Zagalo of Sports Talk Chicago, um, I believe radio yesterday afternoon, no report or um, refute of that report, but 
There is a refute, like I said, that the raid happened at Hallis Hall. Additionally, the NFL and former Chicago Bear and current FBI agent Peanut Tillman are not involved in Williams' resignation whatsoever. That was also a rumor that came out that Peanut Tillman somehow tipped off the Chicago Bears and the NFL. All of those have been disputed. The only thing that has not been disputed in this um in the reports following his resignation is whether or not his home was raided on sunday night there has been no recollection or no refute of that particular piece of the story but all the other things have officially been um dismissed as infactual so brandon a lot to dissect here a lot to, to break down i mean chicago a place you know pretty well what is that What's going on? What do you make of this? Ashley, you know, we were texting back texting back and forth yesterday and you're know, like, "Yeah, Brandon, I'm on it. I'm on it. I see it. I see it." And then there were some things I'm like, "Ashley, oh my goodness." You're like, "Brandon, it's not true." It's not, you know, that was uh refuted or, you know, dismissed or whatever. Um the first thing that comes to mind is WTF. Like, what the freak, right? I'm trying to I'm trying not to curse uh as much. But, like, what is going on? You know, everything that you just read through mm-hmm. is just a mess there in Chicago. Um, there's obviously so much more to uh, uncover. There's going to be more to come out. Hopefully he's okay and his family's okay. You know, because there's a, you know, this is a very tough space to be in. You saw the the, the football player Sergio uh, that's in Mexico. You know, his mother is murdered and it seems like he's having an an episode right now. You know, it's just so much that goes on that we just don't see with our coaches and our players. So first thing, hopefully he's okay. But when it comes to the Chicago Bears organization, it's just a mess right now. And it's unfortunate right. and it's uh it's definitely gonna fit affect the 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 product the the product on the field. So that's the first well, thing that comes I up mean, when I Speaking of the this. product of the field, obviously, as this story unfolds, if new information comes out, we will keep you guys posted on paper route. But you're talking about the product on the field, and that's a direct correlation to Justin Fields, who was also in the news yesterday. Bears quarterback Justin Fields addressed the media yesterday and spoke on the disappointing start for the Bears, including his own individual stat line. Fields, who has two interceptions, including a pick six against the Bucks, told reporters, quote, I wasn't necessarily necessarily playing my game. I felt like I was kind of robotic, not playing like myself. My goal this week is just to say F it, go out there and play football how I know how to play football. Now, through two games, Justin Fields is 40 of 66 passing, two touchdown passes, one being a rushing touchdown, three interceptions, and 427 yards. Now, when Fields asked was asked by another reporter why he thought, you know, his what the root of his overthinking was, he simply said, coaching. Listen to this. Mm. What do you think was causing you to think so much, maybe think too much? Um, you know. Could be, uh, you know, uh, coaching, um, I think. Quick to the point. Um, but listen, it seemed like later on he had a change of heart because Justin Fields later called the media over to his locker and wanted to clarify his statements and make it abundantly clear that he wasn't blaming the coaches. He said, quote, I can play better, point blank. 
We have the full quote here. Take a listen. Get that. You, you guys' jobs are to get clicked, so it's like when you take my quote out of context and when you just say that, if you paint the picture on the inside out, like y'all are trying to split, split us up. I'm not blaming anything on the coaches. I'm never going to blame anything on the coaches. Never going to blame anything on my teammates. I will take every, whatever happens in the game, I will take all the blame. I don't care. It's a drop pass. It should have been a pass. Put it on me. But never when you hear anything come out of my mouth to where I will blame it on somebody else in this organization, my teammates, never will you hear that. So I just want to clear that up and just know that, like, I need to play better. That's it. Point blank. If, if y'all, that's, that's what I should have said in the first place. But, you know, I was trying to give y'all more details because, you know, I appreciate y'all for doing what y'all do. And I tried to give y'all the information y'all want for you guys to drop. So um, I'm going to do that and in the future. Like, but I ask you guys just, just to put the whole quote up. Don't cut it up into words and pieces to make it seem like I'm saying something that I'm not. So, um, again, appreciate you guys what you do. And um, y'all bless you. All right, Brandon, a change of tune. What do you make of that? All right, so uh, we'll just throw this video. This, this video right here that I'm about to show, this, this is what I make of it. The worst experience I ever did. Players, this is not on you. So listen. This is not on you. Players, y'all did everything. Y'all did your heart. Y'all did everything right. It was the coaches. The coaches. They're not him. You, you couldn't hear it? Oh my no, goodness. No, I, so, I could hear it, but it doesn't look like the guys around him are listening to him. I know, but that's what that's exact so this video circ, uh start recirculating yesterday on uh, you know in social media because like this is what Justin Field sounds like and this is what he's basically saying. And and yes, you're right, Ashley. When you do this, <laughs> that was just so funny. When you do this, that's exactly what happens. I saw some of my ex-teammates like Cal Long go on Twitter, and it's like, this is rule number one. You absolutely don't do this, right? So it's so counterculture to what we're supposed to be in the locker room on a team. Um, it's so against the grain, you know. So, like, there's a lot of people looking at him like, oh, you messed up. And my question is, all right, well, what do we want from the as a, on the media side? Don't we want our athletes to tell the truth? Don't we want the realness? This is why we don't get that. Because when you go out there and you give a little bit of realness, they take it, they spin it, or you get thrown under the bus. Not, not thrown under the bus. You get just stoned for actually giving your real feelings, right? And so, you know, it's a huge opportunity for people like us that, to be able to sit down with our athletes and get the real side of it. But this is absolutely why it's uh it's very it's difficult for our players to be real and, and give their uh, honest opinions because it gets thrown right back at you. And I do agree. He he'll learn, you know, the things that he can say and can't say and when to say these things. Uh, but what I would say is this: he is like that. I was there week one, uh, opening day, uh, in Chicago. Packers were in town, and I saw it up close and personal, like. This dude is phenomenal. I mean, he's a, I don't want to say a generational talent, but he's a freak. He needs the right system. Now, I'm not in those in those meetings every single day. I don't see what the coaches see. I don't see what he sees, right? Because there could be some things that's holding him back that he can potentially control or maybe not control. But what I saw on that field, Ashley, I saw a freak. If this dude was in like the Kyle Shanahan or the Kevin Stefanski type uh, system, 
he would be legendary. A guy like Chan Gailey, an offensive coordinator, comes to mind. Would, oh, my goodness, be legendary. There's a lot of systems. There's a lot of coaches that hold you back. So I don't know what the hell's going on in Chicago. You know, you got the defensive side breaking down, coaches retiring, raids happening and not happening. And then on the offensive side, you got your quarterback not happy. What they should do right now, they should fire the offensive coordinator and they should move on right now. Because the offensive coordinator, I don't know if this guy will ever, like, I don't know how much value he, he gives you. But this kid, Justin Fields, you went out there, you drafted him in the first round. And if he plays well, your team is going to be in a good position. If he doesn't, then you guys are going to continue to be at the bottom of the barrel. So what you should do is make him as comfortable as possible, as fast as possible. So go, I don't know if it's a, a guy on the on the coaching staff that they have that he's comfortable with, put him in that position. I don't know if they're, they probably won't do this. They're not going to go out and bring in an outside guy, but they need to move on because if your quarterback's not comfortable and he's in his head and he's thinking too much, he's going to continue to play bad and there's going to be uh, things like this that continue to happen. Well, the Bears take on the Kansas City Chiefs on Sunday, so hopefully for their sake they can get some sort of positive movement going and, and turning around their season. It is still early loss. into the football season, but every win does count and every loss also counts. Now, before we go ahead and preview Thursday Night Football on the last few minutes of the show, quick trade news, running back, running back. Rams are sending running back Cam Akers to the Minnesota Vikings for a swap of 2026 draft picks. That was reported by Adam Schefter yesterday, so we have ourselves a running back on the move. Again, Cam Akers is being sent to the Minnesota Vikings for a swap of 2026 draft picks. Brandon, quickly before we move on to Thursday Night Football, any thoughts on that? Well, obviously they lost uh, DK J.K. Dobbins uh, after week one. So they needed to make a move here. Uh, the Baltimore Ravens are now in a situation where they're, you know, they're implementing spread and they're going to pass it around. But the Baltimore Ravens is still built around the run, right? And this is going to help out Lamar Jackson and everybody involved. So this is a good move for the Baltimore Ravens. All right. Well, to close things out, Thursday night football goes down tonight, and it's the 49ers versus the Giants. Now, the Niners are 2-0 and to begin the season, while the Giants are 1-1 and after a loss to my Dallas Cowboys in opening week and a comeback win over Arizona. Now, San Francisco currently is favored in this matchup at minus 10. The over-under is 44.5 points. The money line, 49ers minus 550. Giants plus 410. The Giants are 14-7 and seven against the spread in the last 21 games. The 49ers are 14-8 and eight against the spread in the last 22 games. Now, notable inactives for the Giants, obviously, running back Saquon Barkley, who suffered a high ankle sprain during Sunday's win. He's going to be out about three to four weeks. You also have a left tackle, a linebacker, and an offensive lineman all being out for this game against the 49ers. Brandon. Break it down. What's going down? Oh, Who's winning this one? I know what you're going to say, but let's see if you make things a little bit spicy. Yeah, you know, I'm always going to make things spicy. Hold on. Say that again, Ashley. Who's out? The last – what did you say? Who's you out? You have Saquon side? Barkley. You have left tackle Andrew Thomas. You have linebacker Al Jolari. Hopefully I said his name right. And offensive line Bredesen are all out. Mm, what's the spread, Ashley? Right now, the spread is the San Francisco is favorited at minus 10, the over under 44 and a half points. Okay, so um, we're going to see football. Remember, week one, what did they lose? Was it 40 to zero? Everybody's saying the Giants are terrible. 
Might have been some people on paper route that said that the Giants are terrible. Okay. I'm people. And I, yeah, and I'm and I'm on the other side. I'm saying, nah, slow down, slow down. We're gonna see, we're gonna see how football really uh uh plays out week after week after week. Tonight, I'm taking the Giants to cover. I'm not saying they're okay. gonna win, but they're gonna cover. They're not gonna, they're not gonna get they're not ten points is a blowout, right? Just like forty a forty piece on Monday night football was a blowout. But I told you it was anomaly. Even with Saquon Barkley being out, we're gonna see uh Coach Dayball. Uh, we're going to see Danny Dimes adjust. And that's what makes Coach Dayball really good. Not only does is he like a, a firecracker and he's, uh, you know, he can inspire, he can hold guys accountable. So he can stand in front of the room. He can do that. He's a great play caller. He's a great play uh, designer. Another thing that he does well, he comes from the Bill Belichick tree. He adjusts. Okay, okay, what, are they, what do they do well? All right, defensively, this is what you guys have to do. Big Cat. D-line, I gave y'all all the money. Y'all got all the money. That's why we couldn't pay Saquon Barkley. Stand up. Shut this run down. Figure this Brock Purdy kid out. And then on the offensive side, what do we have to do just to be in position? I don't like them to win, Ashley, but I do like them to cover. How do you think the Giants adjust? I mean, the absence of Saquon Barkley is going to drastically be felt. A lot of pressure yeah. is going to be on Daniel Jones to not only run the ball, I mean, pass the ball, but run the ball. We know that when right. Saquon is out, he is running back number two. I mean, that's a dangerous situation to put your quarterback in, especially when you're going against the 49ers. That's right. Uh, you'll see just play design. This is this is, this is is going to come down to Coach Dayball. All right, are you really him? And I believe in Coach Dayball. I keep saying this. You know, I was around him. He's my offensive coordinator when I was with the Miami Dolphins. And I really like Coach Dayball. Still talk to him. So, Coach Dayball, I, I can see quick screens, all right? I can see, you know, little gadgets, right? Like, he's going to come out, and he, he he's going to really have to get into his bag, and that's what I see on the offensive side. He's going to lean into what Danny Dimes does well. You know, they'll 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 be patient with the game. You know, they're going to have to run the ball, and they're going to have to be okay with just, you know, three yards here, four yards there, you know, two yards, but keep stay consistent. They just want to be in position. What you don't want to do is go out there and be, get blown out again. So that's what I see is the game is going to come down to Coach Dayball, you know, and his game plan and his adjustments, you know, throughout the game. Score prediction quickly. What do you have that final score looking yeah, like? Ashley, you really going to do this to me? Yeah. Um, what, what did you say? What, Remember what, the what over you... under is 44 and a half points. 44. Damn. Man, San Fran look good right now. <laughs> Woo. Um, they just played, what was it, the – Jeez, they just played the Rams. I, what was the? I wish the Rams score was like thirty to twenty or something like that. I'll go ahead and look it up. Let's see. Hmm. Let's say it was thirty twenty three. Do you have it close twenty twenty three? Do you have it a wash thirty twenty three? Like oh, what are we? We have it fourteen twenty. Eight, like, what are we looking at? Game is in San Fran, too, right? They've been out there. I talked to some of the guys. They're out there. Damn, this is tough, Ashley. You put me in a spot. I like them to cover um, 30 to – Do you have the Giants scoring under or over 20 points this game? That's the thing. That's the thing. I, it's going to oh, – I just can't see them. 10 points is a lot. 10 points is a lot. Ashley, I'm going to go uh, – I'm going to go – Let's keep it simple. 
Yeah. Wow. So you have the Giants actually in this competing in some way, shape, or form. Yeah, but it can be like, you know, it may be one of those. Yes. You yes. have more confidence in, in the G-Men than most of us do. We shall because see, though. We, we, we're, we're, we're forgetting that. The, do you know what they have up front? Do you know that defense? Do you know that, that defensive coordinator? Like, I had that defensive coordinator. That's that's what we keep forgetting. We keep just thinking about Saquon Barkley and Danny Dimes, right? If, if I'm not keep, forgetting. If we're going to keep using this, this dang on saying defense wins championships, then when are we really going to believe in it when we're watching these games and we're looking at the spreads and things like that and trying to make our bets, place our bets? Defense. Come on, big cat. I would be, Let's go. I would be shocked if the Giants scored more than 21 points in this game. So we shall <laughs> see. But listen, you guys you wanna, enjoy Thursday night do, football if they do, again. If they do, you got to put some mayonnaise in your coffee and you got to drink it. Your that, you can't run the same bet twice. Sorry, I only bet for my Dallas Cowboys. We can run a bet a different day. Listen, you guys enjoy the game Thursday night football, 49ers versus Giants on Amazon Prime. That does it for this edition of Paper Route. That does it for this week of Paper Route. We hope you have enjoyed it. And we will see you next time. Bye, guys. Have a good weekend. See ya. BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022 by making investments from coast to coast. Investments like building charging hubs for fleets of electric buses in California and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. I'm Cindy Lauper. My psoriasis was all over, even on my scalp, which may mean four times the risk for psoriatic arthritis. But Cosentix works on both. Cosentix secukinumab is prescribed for adults with moderate to severe plaque psoriasis 300 milligram dose and adults with active psoriatic arthritis 150 milligram dose. Don't use if you're allergic to Cosentix. Before starting, get checked for TB. Serious allergic reactions, severe skin reactions that look like eczema, and an increased risk of infections, some fatal, have occurred. Cosentix may lower ability to fight infections, so tell your doctor if you have an infection or symptoms like fevers, sweats, chills, muscle aches, or cough, had a vaccine or plan to, or if IBD symptoms develop or worsen. Learn more at Cosentix.com or one 844 Cosentix. Ask your doctor about Cosentix.